Hey everyone, and welcome to the Cheyenne Hills podcast, Verse by Verse. We know it's often hard to find time to spend studying God's Word, so we're happy you can join us as we read, unpack, and discuss Scripture every Tuesday and Thursday. We hope you enjoy the program. Well, hello! Welcome to our Verse by Verse podcast. We are going through Genesis. Today, I have with me, well, I'm Renee Minder. I'm in the executive minister here at Cheyenne Hills Church. With me, I have Tiffany Erickson, who's our child's ministry director, and Austin Meisner. He's our youth director, pastor. And so, so good to have you guys here with us. We uh, left last time of the big reveal after all this time of Joseph uh, going, move yeah, move that, but that's kind of what it was, <laughs> or welcome home, you know, when we see Chip and, and Joanna, you know, move that big uh, platform and when they see their new home, we saw this reveal of Joseph. Um, they were coming, the brothers were coming for food and then, uh, and he was testing their motives and he finally felt comfortable uh, that Judah was not going to do the same thing to Benjamin that had been done to him. So he had the big reveal of, I am your brother. And so today we are going to, we're going to jump into 45 and we're going to read a few verses starting at verse 16. So the news soon reached Pharaoh's palace. Joseph's brothers have arrived. Pharaoh and his officials were all delighted to hear this. Pharaoh said to Joseph, tell your brothers, this is what you must do. Load all your pack animals and hurry back to the land of Canaan. Then get your father and all your families and return here to me. I will give you the very best land in Egypt and you will eat all the best that the land produces." Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, tell your brothers, take wagons from the land of Egypt to carry their little children and your wives and bring your father here. Don't worry about your personal belongings for the best of all the land of Egypt is yours. So the sons of Jacob did as they were told. Joseph provided them with the wagons as Pharaoh had commanded, and he gave them supplies for the journey. And he gave each of them new clothes. But to Benjamin, he gave five changes of clothes and 300 pieces of silver. He also sent his father 10 male donkeys loaded with the finest products of Egypt and 10 female donkeys loaded with grain and bread and other supplies he would need on his journey. So we see here that Pharaoh has kind of taken uh, taken up the cause and was like, you know, I'm going to help out here. I'm going to help these brothers go home and get their and their father. Well, I mean... If you think about it from his perspective, just from a, a human side, maybe a business side, if you want to think about it like that, uh, if Joseph is this good <laughs> yeah. at, at preparing and doing it, what must his brothers be like? Yeah. And like, yes, if if you've done all this for me, and yes, I've given you my daughter in marriage, but now, like, now they, my daughter can see the rest of your family, and you know all of these other, I would think, familial benefits. But just from a just even a selfish point of view of thinking, well, if this is uh, Joseph's family and Joseph can do this, what might they be able to do? Well, and also I want to keep my man happy mm -hmm. and I want to keep him, you know, so I want to keep him here. So let's just bring the whole family here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that. And he doesn't just do, uh, talk about like logistics. He he wants it to be comfortable and easy for them too. You know, mm -hmm. he's like, you can, whatever you can part with, leave there. You can replace right. here. And he sends, um, you know, the wagons for the little kids and stuff like that. He wants it to be easy and um, convenient and comfortable for right. them to want to come. So yeah. why do you think Joseph 
showed favor to Benjamin. You know, he, he, Joseph gave him new clothes, but he gave Benjamin five new outfits and 300 pieces of silver. I mean, why do you think he did that? Well, I think that part of that is kind of what we were talking about earlier in this idea of the way they showed emotion mm. um, in that culture, at least. And, and like they are very extravagant. Um, uh, uh, and Casey kind of affirmed this uh, when we were talking about it before the podcast, just the idea of normally, you know, in, in Middle Eastern culture, they're, they're definitely, you know, just go about your business. They're very, but when it comes time for emotion, uh, both in scripture and what we even see continued out through today in that area of the world is when, when emotion comes out, it is it big, is big. It is big. I, I mean, like thinking of, uh, you know, like, uh, the Chiefs or, you know, we're in Broncos territory. So like the Broncos winning a, a playoff game or something like that, that kind of big emotion. Uh, but it's like when there's real things happening. And so for him to pick his actual brother and say, I like, he never thought he was going to see his, his own brother again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so to show that kind of just joy and exaltation of just like, I'm giving you everything that I can right now is awesome. Very good. Do you think that there's anything to be said that he wasn't a part of the scene in his childhood? Or do you think that that's all been forgiven and out of his mind? Do you know what I mean? You mean from Benjamin's Benjamin? point of view? No, or? For, from Joseph's point of view. Yes, I think I think that would be a huge thing. It's almost kind of, you know, you weren't a part of selling me. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> Benjamin was just, yay. Yeah. yeah, he wasn't a part of that scene at all and, and things like that. So not only is he, you know, full brother, um, mm-hmm. but they're also probably, I don't know. Like, oh my yeah. gosh, I haven't got to see you in, like, I, like when I finally got to re- reconnect with my mom's side of the family. Um, when I, let's see, so I would have been 18, I think, when I got to see, 17 or 18, when I got to see my sister and my grandma again for the first time in like six or seven years. Wow. And, and so just just that emotion of, like, they they. All they all of a sudden see is, you know, when I went away as a 10 year old boy, like, you know, crew cut, haircut, those kinds of things. And then all of a sudden I I show up with shoulder length hair, all of these other kinds of things. They're like, oh, my gosh, what is the you know, like we haven't got to be a part of it and all all of that kind of stuff. So I can just imagine that kind of emotion of like, I, Mm -hmm. Benjamin, you were barely walking when I left. And look at you now. Now you're almost 20 years old, at least. And this is who you are. Yeah. Amazing. Okay, I'm going to read on here. Verse 24, so Joseph sent his brothers off, and as they left, he called after them, don't quarrel about all this along the way. And they left Egypt and returned to their father, Jacob, in the land of Canaan. uh, And they said to, to him, Joseph is still alive, and he is the governor of all the land of Egypt. Jacob was stunned at the news. He couldn't believe it. But when they repeated to Jacob everything Joseph had told them, and we saw the wagons Joseph had sent him to carry him, their father's spirits revived. Then Jacob Jacob explained, it must be true. My son Joseph is alive. I must go and see him before I die. So we see that uh, Joseph has sent them all off. He uh, has given Benjamin some special favor. And I love this part. This is this is. This is so funny. Hey, so don't fight about this all the way home. Don't be bickering. And it just cracks me up because that's what, as a mom, you know, you tell your kids, hey, be safe. Hey, don't fight. You know, be good to one another. And Joseph feels the necessity to say that as they leave. Well, I mean, because even just thinking through the idea of, like, if their brothers are the same as they are now, which I probably they are, uh, you know, just thinking of the argument that they would have, like, but you did this. And then, like, then somebody trying to re- well, I didn't, Judah, you know, thinking like, well, I didn't actually, you know, want to kill him. So I could really take credit. Like, I could just see these kind of bickerings going on of like, well, it's your fault, but it's also 
really good that it, like and just this whole idea of them arguing on the way home of well how are we going to tell this to dad and who's going to get the credit and the glory still like i could just see that kind of that's been the mo of right. jacob's for family their the families just a lot of yeah a lot of sibling rivalry going on there in this story it's kind of it's interesting because a lot of times it, you'll save the brothers and it's like you know clump them all together but we forget they're 11 individuals in that little group and um you know even in their reaction of hearing you know of him revealing himself you know that would have been 11 different reactions to that. Some excited to see him alive. Some thankful that, you know, some of them fearful, okay. some of them fearful that yeah. he would be. Yeah. So well, I mean, and we even see this, he has to, re they have to repeat it yeah. to, to Jacob yeah. again. Yeah. Like, no, we're not just making this up. Like what, like, you know, and so it's so far fetched that when they get home, they're like, no, dad, like, and he's this, not convinced right away. Yeah, right? He's not. Yeah. What is it that turns the corner? I was like looking at those verses. The, the and way the way it seems is is that uh, when he saw the wagons that Joseph sent to carry him, the spirit of their father revived, and so he's like, "Oh, well." So it's one thing for you guys to tell me this, but then when you see this caravan of the rest of everything else coming with you, like, mm -hmm. oh, that he could tell was of a a, a pharaoh or a, mm -hmm. a an expensive. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> type of, you know, wagon. I mean, it wasn't like a, a covered wagon that we would see go out West. It must've been really elaborate that he knew this came from Pharaoh of Egypt. So one thing that uh, is so interesting about the story of spoilers or story of Joseph is that there's you're more to the this. story. Renee. I know. It. I, okay. You're going to have to spoiler alert. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Okay. The interesting thing that we see in the story of Joseph is that there's actually more to this story. And one thing that um, I remember in my old Testament survey, we talked about the typologies of Jesus. And so we, here we have the story of this, um, uh, Joseph, who God had given him some dreams of what he was supposed to be. He was uh, sent, you know, he was put into prison. He was sold by his brothers. And now he's on the other side where he's in this, you know, amazing place. And he talks about uh, to his brothers, I am, I have come here ahead of you to, to, to save you. And so there's this, uh, more to the story when it comes to Joseph, that he really is that typology of Jesus, of what Jesus has done um, for for us, for our uh, salvation, and how he has gone ahead of us to prepare a place for us. Well, uh, the one thing that we can sometimes uh, get accused of as being evangelicals, uh, like I, I affirm that wholeheartedly, but is putting Jesus in the Old Testament too much. And people are like, well, that that's, you know, we, we when we talk about David and Goliath, we want to focus on David and Goliath, and we want to put us in this, like in the David spot sometimes. And no, it's a, it's about Jesus, and we and we for, force that in there is what some people say. But like Jesus himself says this in Matthew in Luke 25 through 27, it says, and he said to them, oh, foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted them, interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And so starting with the books that Moses wrote, he started and said, here is me in the Old Testament. Yeah. Hit me with that reference one more time, Luke. Luke 25 uh, through 27. Luke 
Luke chapter 24, verses 25 through 27. Perfect. Yeah. That, oh, man. To have that be unpacked would be so cool to say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, unpack. like if, well, there was, if there was one thing, if there was oh. one spot that I could like listen in, that that would be the one. Yeah. Uh, it, like, it, like everybody has their favorite Bible verses and their favorite books that they, if they could only have one book of the Bible to read, you know, this would be my one thing. If I could listen into that conversation and walk along the road and say, oh, well, here's him in, in Genesis and Exodus and then and, and keep moving on. We have this veil before our eyes of, well, this is what the, our brightest minds think mm-hmm. of what could be and how we've uh, read the literature and all of that stuff. But to have Jesus himself say, here I am in the in the scriptures would just be invaluable. And especially in the culture of that day, I mean, it must have just been, it must have blown their mind. I mean, if it would have been me, I would have had to walk for an hour or so just kind of trying to understand that and piece through that and talk about that mm-hmm. of all the stories that I had heard growing up. Yeah. Yeah. And how, what that really meant, you know, I was thinking it was a story about Joseph and his brothers and Jesus is saying, if there's more to that story. Yeah. And we have the benefit of being able to read the old Testament now with the new Testament, um, Mm -hmm. you know, overlay of, yeah. And if we fail to read it that way, then where's Jesus in this story? Yeah. 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 So I, I just encourage you who are listening, you know, kind of, you can look into that. I know that there are good books about that and, uh, it, it really, makes the old Testament come alive. When you put it, put that lens on it, when you put what Jesus said, I'm there, I'm there. Cause uh, it, it takes it away from that idea of, well, the old Testament is just this moral stories. Uh, when we read Leviticus or when we read about the 10 commandments, it's about all about keeping the law or morals and all these things. And we see there is that there, but right. it is so much more seeing how Jesus fulfilled each of these typologies, whether it's through Joseph or Moses or Joshua, like mm-hmm. we could just walk through the old Testament. Right. I mean, we, we might be here a couple of years doing podcasts about those things, but like, uh, just seeing each of those individuals and seeing from the eyes of when we read the New Testament and see how they interpret the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, that is mind blown, right? Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Helps, helps us understand Jesus a little bit more. Yeah, and in this story, just to be able to say, you know, God loved these people. He had a plan for salvation um, in from the famine in this case, but, um, you know, he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And yeah. what an awesome thing to be able to rely on that faithful love and and protection and provision from our amazing God. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, on that note, um, I think we'll stop here for today and we'll pick up. And again, we'll try to finish this story next time. So thanks so much for joining us.